This show is an ultimate podcast group production. Hey, this is Live Better with Natasha with me, Natasha Hamilton. This podcast is all about exploring your mental, physical and spiritual wellness. Live Better with Natasha is for anyone who is looking to broaden their horizons with their wellness, who want to heal, they want to grow, and they want to feel on top of the freaking world. Hello, Natasha Hamilton here, and welcome back to the Live Better with Natasha podcast. First and foremost, thank you once again for tuning in and listening to all the wonderful things that my amazing guests get to share with you all. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a woman who has been inspiring me so much of late. We will touch on how we met um, a little bit later. Kazia Luquette is a positive psychologist and motivational speaker who aims to empower women to understand their superpowers and discover their purpose. Kazia retrained as a psychologist after running a female-based concierge service, which led her to feeling overworked and burned out. There's so many of us here that know how that feels. (laughs) She believes women have to rest, nurture and nourish themselves in meaningful ways in order to be able to contribute to the world in the most positive way possible. She is the author of the series Pay It Forward, Notes to My Younger Self, in which women share their life stories and readers are encouraged to leave the books for someone else to find once they have read them, which is a concept that I absolutely love. And I'm so excited to have you here, Kizia. How are you? Thank you. Very excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. So let's just, let's start at the beginning. So in that intro, you you got to a point in your life where you were like, there's got to be more. (laughs) Stressed, overworked, underpaid. There's so many of us out there who have been there, maybe feeling that now, especially after the year that we've had. Um, You know, how did it all come about for you? Well, um, I was in corporate for for many years in pharmaceuticals and um, I set my female-based concierge business up after the birth of my son, because my pelvis came apart and I had something called SPD, which was really, really, really really painful. And at the time I needed somebody to come in and just do all the stuff around the house that I just wasn't able to do. And so after I went back to work with him, I was like, do you know what? More and more women I speak to need an extra pair of hands. So I set up my female-based concierge company. It grew from three members of staff up to 35 in five different counties and it kind of pivoted itself so rather than helping women that just given birth we ended up helping corporate women trying to juggle the work-life balance you know and so my ladies would go in and they would cook and they would clean and they'd look after kids and they'd do the laundry and the housework and all of those gorgeous things oh a little mary poppins a little mary poppins (laughs) We all need one of those. Exactly. But um, as I was going in and doing these consultations with these ladies before I was placing my my member of staff, I I was seeing constantly these highly successful women on the outside. You know, they had the gorgeous houses, the clothes, the holidays, the children in private school, all of these good things. But they were on borderline of overwhelm, exhaustion, burnout, depression, stress. And um, I was seeing this on a day-to-day basis and unbeknownst to me, I was kind of going through the same myself because I was working from eight in the morning to 12 at night. And it was my coach one day who said, I don't think your business is making you happy. And I was just like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I remember traveling home from London and I walked into my family home and the family was sitting there having dinner and uh, my husband said, how was your day? And I said, uh, well, my boss said, it, my coach said this. And all of a sudden, my little boy who had set the business up for, he would have been about five, said, you're always so grumpy, mummy. And I was just like, oh, my God, she's right. She's absolutely right. And within a month, I'd closed my business down. I'd walked away and fell into kind of a deep, dark hole of burnout. Wow. I think we just get into survival mode. It's like we just program ourselves that this is what we should be doing. This is what we need to be doing. And you become desensitized to what actually does make you happy. Oh, totally. 
we, 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 as women, I think we wear that multitasking badge with pride while the pin is like gouging bits of our skin off underneath. We just, we've been programmed in that way to just, you know, just crack on in, just carry mm. on going. So true. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, I've spent years juggling, like I've got a big family. I never had any help. I never had that Mary Poppins. I took on everything myself. And when I first met my partner, almost five years ago and he you know we'd gone through the courting phase and he was coming up north and you know meeting the children and when he actually sat down in my home and watched me running around like this mad woman juggling all the plates he he said to me oh my god what are you doing (laughs) I was like what do you mean like it's work it's housework it's whatever needs to be doing I do it he was like I can't believe you do this all the time. He said, no wonder you always fall asleep when you come to my house. <laughs> and I was like, I know, because when I go to you, it's, you know, I'm, I'm out of that environment that sh- it's stressful. And we do, we take everything on. I think we're really rubbish delegators as well. Oh, definitely. And then there's the guilt that comes with delegating, you know? Oh, well, um, if I delegate, then it means that I I can't cope with it. No, it doesn't mean that you can't cope with it. It means that you're bright enough to say, do you know what? I don't need to do it. And yes. I, said, I remember a, a psychologist called Daniel Levinson. He wrote a book called uh, The Seasons of a Woman's Life. And he talks about the myth of the successful woman. And the myth was that, you know, back in the 50s, when we were, you know, invited to come into the workplace, we were kind of told that we could have it all. We could have the successful career. We could have the great home. We could have the children. We could have all of the things that we wanted. But the reality is we've ended up doing it all, not having it all. And... If we don't do it all, then we feel guilty that we're not doing it all. Yeah, that's so true. So true. So you're at the dinner table. You're, yeah, you've had this life-changing moment of what am I doing? Where do you even start to, to look when you have one of those life moments? Do you know what? I, th- I, I think I've learned this from experience rather than at that moment in time. but. It, most people look outside of themselves when they hit that time period. They're looking outside for answers. They're looking for a course, a, a book, a, a coach, a person outside of themselves to sort that out. Um, but really, the reality is when, when those things are happening, when everything's kind of falling apart, it's about looking internally. It's about getting back to some of the basics of who am I, what it is that I want, how do I want to live my life? And I knew that I didn't want to live my life working six days a week, even on holidays. I mean, I had three managers, but I was micromanaging because I was a control freak and I had to be in control. Um, and I didn't want that. I did not want that moving forward, not only for myself, but also for my family. Yeah. So do you think going through life, having your own coach, did that help you be able to look internally a little bit easier? I have seen the good, the bad, and the downright ugly, I will be honest. Um, You know, over the last 10 years of my kind of entrepreneurial journey, I've definitely seen a variety of different people um, and experienced different um, experiences. Um, But I can honestly say having somebody that you can bounce ideas off I mean, it's the thing that I will always spend. I mean, at the moment, I probably have two or three different coaches for different things that I work with. And it's the money that I will always spend because it's money spent on me. And that is the best investment that I could possibly make is, you know, if I'm good, then my business is good, um, you know, and then I can get somebody in for strategy. I can get somebody in for, you know, finances, all of those things. But the investment in me is the bit that I will never stop spending. I remember the first time I did personal development, my husband goes, oh, wonderful, that's done now. And I go, no, 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 it's just lit a spark and it will be something that I will spend money on and time on until the day I die because it's never finished. Absolutely. And for me, I used to spend money on shoes or handbags and now I save up my money for personal development. Like this time of year for me, is amazing like we're coming to the end of the year I'm starting to look at 
What do I want next year? This is coming from the girl who never had a plan. I just floated through the weeks, the month, the years, feeling overwhelmed, just not fulfilled. Uh, I feel like I was basically losing my mind. <laughs> but what I've learned is in order to enjoy the journey, I need to have a destination. I need to at least see you know, have a plan or a little map of where it is I want to be. Um, so now I, I save that money and now I'm I'm planning 2021. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let 2020 take anything away from what I've achieved, where I'm going. Yes, you know, we're in a global pandemic, but I'm still going to forge forward. I'm still going to self-develop. I'm still going to make the plans that I made, that I've always wanted to make, which is wellness retreats and really help people heal and have a beautiful experience and if I have to move it back and keep moving it back I will do (laughs) but it's just having something to focus on it's really important yeah it is and and I think having a goal is really important but sometimes we get so caught up with the how of we're going to reach that goal that we miss out on the journey it's like people that say to me especially as positive psychologists well I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I've got that job. I'll be happy when I've got that money in the bank. I'll be happy when I find that perfect partner. And they miss out on the beautiful journey that gets them to that. So I think having a goal over here is brilliant, but sometimes just being a little more kind of flexible with the how and just Mm. going on it as a journey, it's surprising what turns up, really surprising what turns up. Yeah, it's letting go of the fear, isn't it, really? Definitely. It's the fear that holds us back. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, what have we got to fear? Failure? Well, we're we're already failing if we don't try. You know, we're already kind of on the back foot if we just go, well, I'm not going to try that because I might fail. Well, the chances are you're going to fail because you're not going to try that. So how are you feeling then? You know, you've decided this life isn't for me. I don't want to do this concierge service anymore. It's it's too much for me. So you're kind of stood at the bottom of the mountain looking off and it's like the next challenge. <laughs> Were you scared? Were you excited? Um, I was I was scared a little bit. Um, I went back to my previous corporate career um, until I could figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of coaches that go, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, actually, yes, you can, because it takes away the fear because the money's coming in. And my job, I could do standing on my head. So I went back to to my job and fell into all the aspects of my life. And literally by chance, up on a Facebook post came a post about positive psychology. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds, you know, I want to focus on what's right with people. I don't necessarily want to focus on what's wrong with them. And um, there were only 11 centers in the whole of the world that did a master's of science in positive psychology. And there just happened to be one right on my doorstep, like literally 30 minutes away. And we were just getting ready to move to Barcelona and it could also be done as 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 a long distance master's. And I signed up and it was, it was so interesting when, when things are in flow. I mean, I literally found out about this um, on the Monday, on the Wednesday, I had my interview and on the Saturday I started. That's how much in flow this was. And then that was in September. And then in the December, the vision for the book and the women of contribution came through and that's when the magic started. Wow, I love that. I love it. Like people look for the signs, like be open to accept the signs, really notice them and think like, what does it mean? I love the signs. I feel like you were one of my signs because, you know, you did you slip into my DMs? Did you DM me? I think you, you definitely, you definitely did. And I mean, I was so flattered because you also write don't you? you write articles in different magazines online magazines you write for entrepreneur yes I do and you, you must uh, speak to me <laughs> well I was looking at those people that were making a positive impact on, on the world in their industry and um I started asking around and your name came up and I was just like ah okay let's investigate let's have a look 
And that's when I obviously DM'd you and said, do you fancy it? Do you fancy a chat? And I was like, absolutely. It was amazing. So, yeah, always check your DMs, guys. <laughs> you never know who's messaging. You never know who's messaging. Oh, so for the listener, explain to us a little bit how positive psychology works. Well, um, historically, psychology has all, all been about what's wrong with people and trying to fix what's wrong with them. Um, positive psychology really looks at A, what's right with people, what's right with their environment, what works, you know, what's right with um, the, the, the places that they, they, they go. So like the work environment and, and actually how we can thrive and flourish as individuals. And for me, it, do you know the thing that I loved about it? When I, when I sat there in that class on that Saturday when I'd been accepted in and um, the, 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 the lovely um, lecturer started talking and it was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm very science-based, my degree's in science. And he started talking about the science behind spirituality. You know, the bits that, you know, the journaling that I'd only ever heard of from a, a, a kind of spiritual perspective and, you know, the scientific studies that were done behind it and the results that it can give people. And I was just sat there in total awe thinking, oh my God, I've just come home. Like, this is where I'm meant to be. And it is, it's all about how can we flourish and thrive? And I will just say that one thing that people get confused about positive psychology, they think it's about being positive all the time. And, you know, uh, and I see so many articles of just think happy, just be happy. If you're in the depths of despair, you can't just think happy. You can't shove down the other emotions. So I do want to just kind of point out that positive psychology looks at all of the emotions and they're all valid in their own right. You know, you don't want to feel love when you're met with a saber-toothed tiger. You want to feel fear. You want to run away. You want every fiber of your being to feel fear. So all of the emotions are really important, but positive psychology helps you stay in the higher vibration ones longer. The fact that you've just said that there's a science behind affirmations and things like that is like, wow. Because sometimes people just see it as the woo-woo stuff, you know, oh, but it, it does have such a positive impact in people's lives. It does. And it, you think about meditation. When when we first heard of meditations, I mean, I'm a 70s child, but when you first heard of meditations, they were reserved for tie-dye. Yeah, not, not that I have anything against tie-dye, but the ladies in tie-dye and the long hippie hairs and it was what you did. It's mainstream now. It's in businesses it's in companies it's 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 out there people meditate and they know the scientific benefits behind it and and that's the bit that I loved about this it's like gratitude there's a science behind gratitude you know clinical papers scientific papers written about gratitude and it's not just woo woo stuff no it's not <laughs> okay so how did the concept of the Pay It Forward series come about? So um, it was December 2016. And like I say, I just started with the Masters and I was learning lots and lots of stuff. And we were talking about memories. And I, went, I got up on Boxing Day, um, a little hungover, I will say, and went for a walk. It was about five o'clock in the morning. It was pouring down with rain. And within five minutes of walking out, I started to hear voices. And that sounds a bit woo-woo, but it was my voice asking me questions. And it was like, if, if you could go back in time to all of those pivotal moments in, in your life, would you change them? Would you change them? Or, and if you were to go back to your younger self, what words of advice would you give? And... I literally, it was coming thick and fast. I went home, sat in front of the computer, started typing. And after an hour, I kind of read back what I had. And one was the Pay It Forward series notes to my younger self, which is, you know, taking a group of women from around the world, taking them back to those moments of real adversity. And what advice would they give that they could then share with other women? And that was the year that magic happened. I can honestly say that was the year that magic happened because I, uh, the first thing was I, I won 12,000 pounds worth of, of coaching for my business um, to focus on this. Um, then so you won it, did I you won, say? You won, won oh. it, 
£12,000 worth of coaching. Then I started sharing the concept of the idea of the book. Um, and people started stepping forward and said, well, I've got a story to share. Can I, can I meet with you? Then I got invited to be filmed for a documentary series on change makers in San Diego. And I literally in the August, I flew to San Diego and we were just getting ready to move to Barcelona then. So literally I flew out, came back, packed, and then we went off to, to Barcelona. We moved um, from the UK to, to, to Spain. Um, I just, just the, the two women from The Secret, the hit film The Secret, that had started my entrepreneurial journey stepped forward to be part of the book. And it was just this beautiful ripple effect of all these magical things happening one after another after another. And by the following March, we launched um, the Pay It Forward series Notes from a Young Self, Volume 1, which became an international best-selling book. And... Um, that was the start of the journey of the books. And the idea, as you said, is that you read the book and then at the front, it's got a little message and you leave it, you write your own message of hope and inspiration and you pop a post-it note on the front that says, this book's for you, read it, love it, pay it forward. And then you leave it for a stranger to find. And the idea is that, or our mission is to positively impact on 1 billion lives worldwide. Absolutely love that. It actually gives me goosebumps. I've started reading your books and there's so much to be said for having that quiet time and hearing other people's stories because (laughs) you get so much insight into not just them, but yourself. Because a lot of the stories I go, oh, I've been there or that's happened to me. or I totally understand how she feels. And it's having that knowledge that Although we're all unique, we all go through the same life scenarios on different levels. You know, it's all unique to us and it's intense at the time. But there's been some things I've read and where I've kind of maybe seen it as a negative or something that I was holding on to as this negative energy. I've been able to go, but you know what? (laughs) You, You kind of see it from like from the outside looking in, instead of when you're thinking about yourself, it's like this happened to me. It's like this bit of a distance and a bit of a clarity and a, oh, okay, I'll just let that, let that be. And lots of, and lots of those pivotal moments that we go through and, and lots of the ladies that shared their stories, it was the first time they'd ever shared their story because when something which we consider is quite bad happens to us, there's a lot of shame associated with it and we don't want anybody to to know I mean one of the lovely ladies in the first book uh, Debbie Montgomery Johnson who's in in the states and she didn't write about this in the book but um, I met her on the documentary series and and she basically um, be swindled out of I think it was like 1.2 million dollars on an internet dating scam and she kept it quiet for so so long and she happened to be at a a kind of uh, a woman's networking meeting and she mentioned it and the whole room fell silent and now she's an um an ambassador for a um a charity called scars which is all helping people against you know online fraud um but this this was a woman that really uh, i remember her telling me she's she would she'd been she'd been in the um military she'd worked i think in fraud for banks you know, this is a woman that kind of ticked all the boxes for somebody that would never, ever be scammed. And this scam went on for several years. I mean, she thought she was marrying this man. That's horrendous. It's it's quite hard to come back from um, those type of life situations. And it, I suppose it does take time. You've got to heal from it. Um, I think it's going to be quite hard to forgive yourself for being what is inverted commas gullible but you know (laughs) those type of people they get in there deep they burrow in they know exactly what they're doing I mean they're actually trained from a psychology perspective how to get in deep and the thing with with Debbie is you know that pivotal moment she could have kept quiet for the rest of her life 
it's now become her purpose. It's now become her driving force. Her whole company is set up about educating women, about stepping out from the, wearing the mask of everything's okay. And so, you know, some of the things that we think have um, destroyed us or those things that we're ashamed of that we should tuck away, those are the things that actually become our true purpose in life, become those things that we go, oh my gosh, if I could stop, or if I could help, or if I could assist another person, another woman, another man, another family, that they don't have to go through this, then it's worth me sharing my story. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole new business, a whole new purpose, a whole new focus in your life. Absolutely. And I mean, I've said this before, it's shining a light on the dark bits, because once you've shone the light, it's not that dark, it's not that frightening. Um, Wow, that's a, it's a really, like, heavy story. <laughs> okay, so so you've done, is it four volumes? Three, three volumes. Three. Volumes. Are you done? Are you going to continue to pay it forward? I think we're done at the moment. Um, obviously, like I say, we've got 54 gorgeous, gorgeous, courageous women um, in 15 different countries. And we've got different charities that we support with the book. Um I think we've probably impacted based on the sales that we've had about 150,000 people. So we've got a little way to go with hitting our 1 billion, but you know, it's a legacy. We're, we're not going anywhere. The books aren't going anywhere. They will be continually paid forward. So at the moment, no, I'm concentrating on other avenues, but it's still there. It's still being promoted. And I should say as well that you can write a little message in the book as well, Connie, to the whoever it may be who finds the book. I am so excited to pay mine forward. <laughs> and um, talking about pay it forward, a little cute story. I was on holiday with the kids once and we were walking along the like the boulevard on the front on the beach. And there was these two little buckets and spades with a few like little gifts in it and a little letter. And the children had wrote, um, we've had the most wonderful holiday. We had so much fun with this bucket in spade. And we'd like, we are now paying it forward. Please enjoy it as much as we have. <laughs> and I was literally like crying on the bridge. Going, Isn't that wonderful? I mean, we can pay it forward with literally anything that we have. It can be a smile. It could be, you know, one of the things that I, I noticed a lot. I live in a small village is, you know, like as we're walking the dog, you know, it can just be somebody walking in the opposite direction and you acknowledge them and say hello. You know, I, I, I know how many elderly right now are on their own with lockdown. Yeah. That human connection is paying it forward. And it, it, it doesn't have to cost us an arm and a leg. It can be that simple. Yeah. So guys out there, think what you can be doing to pay it forward and also grab the book. Honestly, it's so inspiring. So how did you move forward from the Pay It Forward series to creating the energy code? Can you talk us a little bit about the energy code? It's really funny because, um, like I say, 2017 was a magical year and 2018 just carried on going. Um, I'm not even sure when it kind of consciously came in. It wasn't like the pay it forward where I got a vision, it consciously came in. I think it was the fact that I'd burnt out, I'd had postnatal depression with my youngest after giving birth. Um, I'd seen all these beautiful women that, you know, depression, anxiety, stress, you know, all of those things. And I just sat there and it was just like, well, what have we been doing wrong? What have we been doing wrong? that has got us to that point. And obviously doing my masters, I was investigating lots of different avenues, lots of different papers. And it was, I came across Daniel Levinson's book, The Seasons of a Woman's Life. And I read that passage that says, we have been doing it all. And it's just like, there has to be another way. And so I started with myself, like you do, well, what other way is there? And then I started to look how I functioned in a day to day. And I was on autopilot. Everything that I did was on autopilot. And it was then I realized that actually we have natural peaks and troughs in our, in our month, in our year, in our day. And especially for the women, um, you know, we have a feminine cycle. And even if you don't have a feminine cycle because you've gone past the age or you're, you're a guy, you know, we're also governed by the moon, the lunar cycle. And we do have peaks and troughs. And 
And when I reflected back at my experience and other people's, so much of my journey had been in resistance. I'd been like working against myself. And so I started looking at the different energy spaces and realized that there are four different energy spaces, two are feminine, two masculine, and it doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl, you've got them, how you deal with them will be different. Um, two are internal focused, two are external focused. And when we're in resistance to those, life is difficult. You know, anybody that's run a business will know that there are times in your business where it feels like you're pushing water uphill. Uh, or trying to grab it with your fingers and it's just slipping through. And that's because we're in resistance. We're pushing when actually we should be pulling back. And Do you find that if someone is, say, on medication for mental health, that that is going to take them out of the zone? From the, I'm saying that from a personal point of view because I spent many years taking medication. And then I'd stop when I was having children and then, you know, it's all come flooding back and I'd taste, go back on it. And it was oh, maybe 12, 12 months ago now, I stopped taking my medication. And then all of a sudden you get all the feels, you go from being relatively numb to what, you know, this over overwhelming feeling and sometimes I've got to that stage and gone oh I need to go back to maybe my medication because it's hard to deal with um but you know I've persevered and I've been working hard on myself because for me I've decided I don't want to put that toxicity into the body when I'm trying so hard to lead the healthy uh, lifestyle so I've been looking at alternative methods um I found my partner's more in tune with me than what I am myself because, you know, for so many years it's been masked and I've not really known where I am or how I feel. And yeah. So do you, do you find like if women come in and they don't really know what it is they feel and who they are? I think um, with medication and I mean, obviously I, I was in pharmaceuticals for, for 12 years uh, and did, touch upon um, mental health um, uh, for bipolar actually. I think um, regardless of whether you're on, you know, prescription drugs to be able to help you or not, as women, we have definitely ignored the natural warning signs that our body's giving us, the natural ebb and flow of the energy spaces that we're in. Um, because I only really work with women, I, I do have few men, but because I only work with women, I'm going to talk about it from a female perspective. Um, when you're on prescription drugs, it tends to give you a plateau. It tends to give you just a baseline feeling so that you're not having those peaks and troughs of emotional you know, the emotional spectrum or the feels, as you call them, that you would normally get. So, of course, when you come off that, the emotions are still there. You just need to navigate them and come out the other side. So I think it, regardless of whether you're on, you know, prescription um, medication or not, as women, historically, we have been very good at pushing away what it is that we actually need because we've been taught that there is a certain way that we should act, a certain way that we should do things. And we've spent a lot of time doing and not enough time being. And there should be a natural balance between the two of being and doing. And I can't tell you how many women that come to me and they're in survival mode. They're like totally burnt out. And there is only one principle to give them and that is just to stop. And a lot of them don't even know how to stop because you know, even when they go, oh, I'm stopping, they'll be sitting there watching TV while they're ironing or they'll be, oh, well, I'm just going to tidy this or I'm just going to run around and do that. And it's just like, you're, you're not stopping. You're not. Just stop. Mm. Yeah. And you laugh then. So I, I, <laughs> I know that that resonates because we don't, most women, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would feel guilty you get to that point of I just need some time off like I need like a I need to stop I need to stop and you, you lie on the sofa and I get a cup of tea and I go oh, I'll just watch something and then you know I'd start getting twitchy and, you know, and then I'd you know ten, an hour later I filled a whole week's worth of things to do to make up for the one hour that I took off 
so I don't, I don't really get it when you're not used to it, it's hard. Um, but that's one thing I've been working on now. Last week, I said, I'm having Wednesday off because I'm tired. I'm going to book in a massage and a facial and I'm going to have lunch with my mum. And I was like, when was the last time I did that, though? I was like, I can't remember. Yeah. And it was so nice. Just, just doing that. I mean, you don't have to go and have a massage. But I love that. That make, that make That's my thing. And because of COVID, you know, it's been maybe was January or February since I last did it. But it made me feel so good. And Thursday, Friday, super productive. And this is the whole point because depends on what energy space there's like I say there's four so nurture is all about survival it's when you've been ignoring your your body so much that actually it's finally gone sod it I mean my nurture came as pneumonia my husband came home one day and he found me on the floor unable to breathe you know rushed into hospital uh had pneumonia for six weeks then I got slightly better, went out for dinner and got food poisoning for another two weeks. So that was my nurture. I was in the cave, which is the base level of nurture because I was just exhausted and I had ignored it. And what happens when we ignore it is you will get little nudges. And if we continue to ignore them, they'll get worse and worse and worse until you have to stop. And that could be you become so ill that you have to stop or alternatively, something externally will happen, some massive tragedy or something will go on that will force you to stop. So that's nurture. And, and most women end up in nurture when they first start working with their energy code because they, they're depleted. And if we think about it as a, like a little stainless steel bucket, if you things that you do that you love top that bucket up. Mm. And every time you do anything, it drains that bucket down. Most women that start with the energy code, um, they're in survival and their bucket's empty. I mean, literally, they could look in and they could see their feet. There is no reserves there. And nine times out of ten, it's because they've been giving, 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 and they don't know how to receive. They don't know how to give to themselves. And, you know, the self-care movement has helped with that a little bit. But, you know, it's not about just going and getting a quick fix of, I don't know, getting your hair done. It's about what do I need to really top up my bucket? And that might just be sitting there watching Netflix and sleeping and doing absolutely nothing. And you might need to do that for a couple of days. I've had some clients that have done it for several months before they finally come out of survival mode to be able to move into the other energy spaces. So, so that's nurture. Yes. So when you're in nurture, this is when you haven't been listening to your body. It's a survival mode. Whisper is similar to nurture, but this time you go, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to go and take a nap. Oh, uh, I, do you know what? I, I want to just take the afternoon off and I'm going to do it. And in whisper, we listen to our body and we courageously honor what it is that it needs. So we say, do you know what? You deserve to take the afternoon off. And you know that by doing so, you will get the dividends back. Because when we go into whisper, we move out of our head, the busyness of our head, we move back into our body. And what happens with that is we top our energy bucket up. We now have space in our head for those creative ideas to flood in. And that's when we move into the create energy space. And the create and shine energy space are all action and movements. They're masculine. They're the doing energy but it's about doing the right thing with the right person at the right time. And, you know, nine times out of 10, people think that the, the next best thing, the next best idea comes from sitting in front of the computer. It doesn't. It comes from resting. It comes from walking. It comes from, you know, looking after ourselves. So the create energy space is all about tapping in because now we have the space to think. Shine is where... Literally everything is good with the world. I mean, just to give an example, shine for me could be standing on stage, kind of speaking to loads of people. But it can also be I had it the other morning when I was walking the dog and I just looked around and it's just like everything is good with the world. I'm in alignment. Everything that I'm doing is intentional and conscious. You know, my life isn't on autopilot. I'm the master of my destiny everything feels totally aligned and um, on purpose, everything's easy and smooth. There's no lack and fully abundant. And in the shine energy space, not only are you shining your light out, 
you're also able to shine your light on other people without fear that they're going to run off with your ideas or, or, you know, snatch your clients or any of those things. It's, it's just that space of being fully, fully abundant in every way, shape or form and being totally aligned. For me, I feel like when I get to shine, I can't stay there for too long because I feel almost awkward. It's almost uncomfortable to feel that good because <laughs> my most of my life has been spent in survival. Like it really has. I feel like I've, the past seven years of my life have been survival. It's recovery from, um, you know, going through a divorce, like financial recovery um going there you know then having my daughter and having a total breakdown um so the past seven years for me have been you know two steps forward three steps back and it feels like it's been this it's been a battle and then we get to 2020 which has been a really tough year and you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, my word, how am I ever going to get through this? My whole, the whole entertainment industry has disappeared. Um, I don't have a single gig in my diary. How do I support my children? Anyway, I've just put myself out there. I got on with it. I didn't even question anything. I just, I, it was just all of me just went, okay, well, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> You either move forward or, you know, you stay stuck here and things aren't, aren't going to get any better. So I just forged forward. And throughout this year, for me personally, I've had so many moments where I've gone, oh, my God, like, did I, have I actually done this? Like, wow. And then I kind of feel it and I go, oh, but I can't really feel like that because <laughs> I'm not used to feeling like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, you get that from women a lot? Yeah, because we're... we're we've been taught probably by a well-meaning kind of adult when we were younger that it's it's called boasting and that people don't like it I like to think of it in a different way when you shine your light out into the world you give permission to other people to do the same and actually we need that permission as women we need to, I mean I, I was speaking to somebody just before you um and it wasn't a client it was just a a, a, a chat and um she was tired and I said I give you permission just to stop just just stop she texted me just before I came on and said I'm sitting here on the sofa I got my blanket I'm watching Netflix I feel so much better you know we have permission to stop but we also have permission to shine our light if you're shining your light you're showing other people what is possible because you know success isn't only designed for particular types of people it's not only designed for the celebrities the attractive the 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 young the it's, it's there for whoever wants it. And if you're shining your light in whatever way that looks like, whether you're shining your light through your kindness, you're shining your light through your successes, you're shining your light through your relationships, you're shining your light through your children, you're giving permission to other people to do the same. Now, if they're triggered and they go, well, she's showing off, then they need to look at themselves and say, why has that triggered me? And I bet your bottom dollar it'd be something that they had happen to them when they were younger, you know, and they were told that they couldn't boast or they couldn't show off. Shine your light, people. Just shine your freaking light. We need it. <laughs> Especially at this moment. So no, no hiding that light, Natasha. You need to shine. <laughs> I will continue to shine brightly. And <laughs> I have to say, since starting to become part of your Facebook community and delving into a little bit more depth of the energy code for me, I just feel like I found my little home. <laughs> I really do because it's teaching me so much about myself. I don't pay enough attention to me. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, and you know, it gets me in trouble since learning about the energy code, concentrating on what's going on here right in front of me a little bit more it does it make it just makes life easier anything for an easier life better understanding of me like this whole year has been how can I understand because I knew I cannot continue as I have done the past seven years yeah. like I it's been draining it you know it really has um 
and I'm just I'm just learning so much more and I really do champion the listeners to to dig deep and really focus on you you know it's not bad to put you first you know mums out there you know we're always bottom of the pile we we feel guilty for you know just stopping as you say like you have to do it you will get sick you will feel overwhelmed you won't find the joy you'll feel down but just start doing beautiful things for yourself and really appreciating them and and to be honest with you um you know we deserve to live a, a, a gorgeous life and moving off autopilot and the the energy code really is about bringing you home to who you really are and my kids now use the energy code it's not unusual I've got a 12 year old and a 15 year old my son will quite often come to me as a 12 year old and he'll go I need a nurture day mummy I just need to stop and I'm like, right, okay, then stop. Now his stop looks different to, to, to my stop because he's, you know, A, he's a guy and B, you know, he's a different personality type to me. His stop is getting out on his bike and just being in nature. And that's mm. what he needs to do, just do it. But when we showcase it, especially if you've got children, do you really honestly want your children to live through some of the experiences that you live through, the rushing around, the multitasking, the not stopping, the feeling guilt for stopping. Now is the time to showcase our kids a different way of being, where they're not just doing, but they can be and do, and there's a beautiful balance between the two. And that's what the Energy Code is all about. It's, it's how can you not only help yourself, but make sure that the next generations and not in that space of being on a continual, you know, hamster wheel of just doing constantly and wondering why they're burnt out, stressed out, overwhelmed, and all of the good stuff that goes along with that. Mm. I, my children live between two houses and dad's house is way more energetic than mum's house because with dad's house with the boys, you know, there's four boys in there. So it's very active. They're like, they never stop. And I can see when they come home, like I can just tell by like their eyes, even though they've had a wonderful time, they're exhausted. And I'm like, as much as I would love to drag them around and do things with me, I, I'm, I'm like, they need nurture. They need like a bit of a downtime or we'll just do one thing this weekend instead of several things. And I just think, well, I need to pay more attention to myself <laughs> because if I did what I did for me, like I did for the children. Oh, it really does. And they need to see you doing it. Children learn from example. You know, I mean, quite often mm. they'll come in and they're like, what are you doing? I'm just, I'm just in whisper. I'm just doing nothing. Oh, okay. Can we, can we do something? Yeah, give me an hour. Give me an hour and then I'm all yours. Because by then I've topped up my energy bucket. Then I've got the energy. Then I'm in create. Then I can be exciting mum. Then I can do all the good stuff. But when I'm tired, you end up snapping. You end up being miserable. The internal dialogue in your head kicks in and speaks horrible things to mm. you. Um, but it's about showcasing our children another way of being. And if our parents had done the same, we probably wouldn't be in the situation that we're in. Yeah. But so there's so much has been learned and so much more is understood now, isn't it? There is, there is. And we will continue to learn. We'll continue to learn, you know, and, and grow hopefully through it. Yeah, the way, how I parent my children now to how I did when I was a new mum, oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> it's still yeah. happening and especially with teenagers I quite often hear myself saying to my kids you don't come with an instruction manual I'm working on the job so bear with me sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't I had that exact conversation with my 15 year old I said I might be a mum but I don't always get it right <laughs> and you've got to accept that <laughs> yeah. and it's okay we make mistakes and uh, you know we want to encourage them to make mistakes because at least it means they're trying Oh, oh, yes, I should mention that. You've got a quiz. People can take like a little survey, can't they? 
They can. So if you want to know what energy space you're in, it's totally free. No emails, nothing. You don't need to worry. Um, if you go to energycodeforwomen.com, um, it's a series of eight questions. It'll take you less than a minute and uh, it'll tell you what energy space you're in and it will give you an opportunity to uh, download a recalibration report as well. So you'll know how to support yourself in that energy space. And on a different day, at a different time, they can take the same quiz and they will be in a different energy. And, and, and as you start to learn it, you might find that you will create in the morning. Um, but by the afternoon, you're in whisper because you've been in the space of create and you haven't learned to hold back just before you burnt yourself out and wasted all your energy. So, yeah, you can take it as often as you want. And ideally, that's the thing. We want you to take it as often as you can because you will you will fluctuate and change. And where can people find you on social or in Facebook? So kazialuckett.com is the easiest way to find me um, or you can find me on the same name on Instagram or Facebook. But come and say hello, definitely. Thank you so, so much for chatting with me today. I think people are going to get a lot out of what's been said. And do please check out your energy code. Honestly, this is, this, it does mean a lot to me and uh, I'm super excited to be working with you in the new year as well. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. And, and hopefully it will help more, more women out there. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Live Better with Natasha. If you have enjoyed the show, please give it a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcasts. It helps us more than you can imagine to reach more people and share important lessons and conversations about mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. You can also connect with Natasha and become part of the Live Better movement right now by clicking the link in the show notes. If you're serious about scaling your personal or business brand, then you need to be producing audio. Yes, you need a podcast. Podcasting is exploding right now and means that you can reach a global audience, be seen as the expert in your marketplace, collaborate with world-renowned influencers, turn followers, fans, and listeners into paying clients, and open up a world of opportunities. So when you're ready to add the power of podcasting for your brand and business, check out the Ultimate Podcast Group, the team that make this this very podcast, Ultimate Podcast Group, your one-stop full-service agency for all your production needs. For more information, click the link in the show notes now.